Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. Today, we continue our series on God with us, considering how Jesus changed everything when he came to earth in the flesh and showed us how to live. Today, we will hear from Luke's gospel, and the scripture is a familiar one to most people who've spent any amount of time at a church as a child. Even if you only went to vacation Bible school at your grandparents' church, there is a good chance you know this particular story because there's a catchy song that has been passed down to generations of children about that wee little man who climbed a sycamore tree named Zacchaeus. Today, I am going to read our scripture from a translation called the Common English Bible. This is one of the newer English translations and was first published in 2011. Some of you may be interested to know that the publisher for the Presbyterian Church USA is part of the Common English Bible Committee, and the CEB translation represents the work of a diverse team with broad scholarship, including the work of over 120 scholars, men and women from 24 faith traditions, in American, African, Asian, European, and Latino communities. Since we're not using the version in your pew Bible today, the scripture is printed in your bulletin following the order of worship if you would like to find it there. Now let us pause to go to God in prayer. Holy and majestic God, You continually call out to us and show us how much you care for us. As we read again of your love for us and your call to us, clear our hearts and minds of anything that clutters and gets in the way of your truth. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, grant us real understanding of your word and the wisdom to live it. Amen. I think it's important to note that today's story comes toward the end of Jesus' ministry after he's been healing and teaching now for a few years. It's clear in Luke's gospel that Jesus continually surprised the religious leaders of his day by his teachings, and he consistently called the crowds who gathered around him to see and do things in a new way. In this story today, Jesus is passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, where he will be met with crowds of people gathered to watch him process through the city, shouting, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Jesus knows his death is near. 
And so what does he want to do and say in his final days before he is brought to Pilate? I invite you to listen for God's word to you this day from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in early 2020, I was fairly new to Zoom. But it was my husband's birthday, and with our one-year-old daughter, we were mostly stuck at home like most of the world who weren't serving on the front lines pandemic. We had already begun a new ritual in an effort to save our sanity and stay connected to a close group of friends we lovingly call the Amigos. On Saturday afternoons, we gathered together on the Zoom screen to check in and see each other's faces and let our small children wave and say hello and feel the connection of friends and community even though none of us were leaving the house much. It was such a challenging time, as you all know well. And in our family, on top of the pandemic, we had suffered a big loss. And so I wanted to do something for my husband's birthday that might bring some joy. My heart was pumping with great anticipation as four o'clock approached that Saturday and I asked my husband James to start the Zoom on his laptop. He clicked the link and almost immediately got a little disoriented as he saw names of people he knew from all over the country coming onto the screen. For a split second, he thought he must have clicked the wrong link or somehow gotten into the wrong Zoom room. But then his face broke out into a huge smile as he realized this was not just a gathering of the so-called amigos, but it was a gathering of his many friends from different times and places in his life, all coming from their respective homes across the country to wish him a happy birthday. His face lit up with pure joy as he greeted friends near and far, and it has become a birthday to remember. Joy shows up in the Bible, too. 
In the expansive Christmas narrative in Luke's Gospel, we learn that Mary goes to stay with her cousin Elizabeth while they are both pregnant. Mary, of course, is pregnant with Jesus, and Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, Luke tells us the child leaped in her womb. Elizabeth blurted out to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. And then Mary praises God with a striking song of justice and joy, describing the mighty acts of God. John leaped in Elizabeth's womb as Jesus in Mary's womb was approaching. Even before Jesus was born, Mary and Elizabeth knew God was doing something incredible, awesome, inspiring, something new and different. Really, God was doing something that was not even simple to describe or explain or fully understand. But Mary and Elizabeth knew this thing God was doing was monumental, and there was great hope and joy for what was coming. I've been pondering what it means to jump for joy. What is it that gives us a rush of positive energy that moves us to jump up with joy and excitement? What makes everything in life seem truly wonderful if only for a moment? Do you know who else was jumping for joy? It was Zacchaeus. It may not be immediately clear to us. This is one of those times when our English translations of the Bible don't always capture the complex layers of meaning in the Greek or Hebrew text. But when Luke tells us Zacchaeus hurried down the tree and was happy to welcome Jesus, retired pastor Patrick J. Wilson tells us that Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus with overwhelming joy. He was rejoicing, the Greek tells us, wild with excitement. Zacchaeus jumps for joy at the opportunity to welcome Jesus. But why would he do that? Because Zacchaeus feels seen and known. And he feels seen and known not just from a random person, but from Jesus, the one who has come to be known as the Son of God, the one who drew crowds of people, the one who dared to heal on the Sabbath, the one who forgave sins and ate with sinners, the one who taught and challenged the religious leaders, the one who welcomed outcasts and gave them the best seat at the table. The one who, in that moment, is telling Zacchaeus that he must be a guest in his home today. Zacchaeus climbed that sycamore tree so he could have a better look at the popular teacher and healer. And now, 
This man, Jesus, is at the base of the sycamore tree and looks up to Zacchaeus, sees him, calls him by name, saying, I must stay in your home today. So who is this Zacchaeus that Jesus would find it so important to stop at the tree and say, I'm going to stay at your house today? In the words of Presbyterian pastor and New Testament professor Matthew Skinner, Zacchaeus was a hated scumbag. We know three things about Zacchaeus from the text. He was a ruler, a tax collector, and wealthy. And because of this, Zacchaeus has lived like an outcast, with the envy, hostility, and resentment of his neighbors. He's also able to climb trees, which may have been socially unacceptable behavior for an adult man. He was trying to see who Jesus was. He was seeking or searching for something. We know Zacchaeus was short in stature, and as a short man, he likely would have been marginalized, as short people were understood in that day to also be short on courage, character, and spirit. Because of his occupation, he was deemed unclean because he was in frequent contact with Gentiles collecting taxes at the borders. But we also know that Zacchaeus was happy, a jumping for joy type of happy to welcome Jesus into his home. Zacchaeus is a Greek word derived from a Hebrew word meaning pure, innocent, righteous. Zacchaeus means righteous one. So when Jesus looks up to Zacchaeus and calls him by name, he calls him righteous. And he speaks with a sense of urgency to righteous, saying, Hurry and come down at once, for I must stay in your home today. This is the moment in the story when we feel the tension building. Because now the crowd who's been gathered around Jesus has seen this interaction between the two, and they hear what Jesus has said, and they grumbled, saying, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Can you see the crowd? Their heads shaking, looking down in disbelief. The crowd did not react with wild excitement and jumps for joy, but they are grumbling. Grumbling that Jesus would choose Zacchaeus, the tax collector, ruler, and rich man, Rather than be delighted that Jesus has a place to stay for the night and someone from their own community gets to host Jesus, the crowd makes clear their disapproval. And rather than call him righteous, those in the crowd would be quick to call him sinner. Now the truth is, Zacchaeus would have had some power as a tax collector, and he worked in a profession that was known for its corruption. And he likely worked alongside unethical people. 
But for all we can tell, Jesus makes no mention that Zacchaeus, righteous one, needs redemption. No sign that Zacchaeus himself is unethical. In fact, Zacchaeus' response to Jesus is in the Greek present tense. Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Is it possible that Zacchaeus has been living up to his name, living a righteous life while doing his job as a tax collector? Have we just assumed Zacchaeus must have been a scumbag? But still, he is a tax collector, he is wealthy, and he is a ruler. And for all that, Zacchaeus has been cast out, left out, lonely. Zacchaeus has money, but no community. He can buy things, but he doesn't seem to have a big group of friends. His money and position don't make him happy. He does his job for the government, but he is seeking, searching, yearning for something more. And there is Jesus coming to the base of that sycamore tree with the insistence only a good friend could have. I must stay at your house today. I need something from you. And Zacchaeus leaps for joy at the opportunity to serve Jesus. Jesus acts as a friend to Zacchaeus. And I will admit, I have sometimes been wary of that title for Jesus, friend. Not wanting Jesus to become kitschy, preferring instead for my Jesus to be a little more serious. I'd prefer to keep him at a healthy distance one that I would offer to a respected elder or leader. But Jesus offers himself as a friend in a mutual two-way relationship with Zacchaeus. Jesus sees Zacchaeus and wants to spend time as a guest in his home. Jesus needs something that Zacchaeus can provide. And Zacchaeus needs something that Jesus can provide. This is an invitation to an intimate relationship, a friendship that can support both of them in different ways. There's a moving story I learned of recently about two men who formed a bond and a connection that ended up changing the course of both of their lives. One of the men wrote a book called The Other Wes Moore, One Name, two fates. Yes, both men are named Wes Moore. Here is the opening of the book. This is the story of two boys living in Baltimore with similar histories and an identical name, Wes Moore. One of us is free and has experienced things that he never even knew to dream about as a kid. The other will spend every day until his death behind bars for an armed robbery that left a police officer and a father of five dead. 
The chilling truth is that his story could have been mine. The tragedy is that my story could have been his. Our stories are obviously specific to our two lives, but I hope they will illuminate the crucial inflection points in every life, the sudden moments of decisions where our paths diverge and our fates are sealed. It's unsettling to know how little separates each of us from another life altogether. The smallest decision or moment beyond our control has the power to change the course of our lives. And the author of the book recognized the importance of doing the work to make life better for everyone around him. In an interview with Kate Bowler, Wes Moore said, Our exclusive goal should be to do what we can do to ease the pain that someone else might be feeling. And then he asked, Do we want to live with a sympathetic love or an empathetic love? And he defines a sympathetic love as I'm doing this because I feel bad for you. And he defines empathetic love as, I do this because your pain is also my pain. Jesus showed us the way is with empathetic love. I do this because your pain is also my pain. I do this because your joy is also my joy. I do this because your grief, your love, your hope, your dreams, your worries are also mine. I do this because I am your friend. Jesus says, Beloved, I see you and I know you. Come at once. I must stay at your house today. Be ready to care for whoever is in need. Be ready to share yourself with another as a friend. Extend radical hospitality. In the words of Joy J. Moore, care for the widows, orphans, and those who are less fortunate. Bring them up to experience justice and equity. Make sure they have a seat at the table and the banquet is spread. If we want to experience the wild excitement and real joy that Zacchaeus did, we need to be ready to welcome Jesus at any moment. And we need to be ready to befriend the person who is afraid or left out or hiding in the tree or in the corner. We need to be ready to befriend the person who isn't even present because they were never invited or given a place among the crowd. The person who's been forgotten or pushed out. We need to be ready to do the work to see and know each other because, friends, we have been seen and we are known by the God who loves us. In the name of the one who befriends us all and continually seeks out and saves the lost. 
Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen.